you have a Bible, you might like to turn to Luke chapter 5, because I'm going to get there eventually. Luke chapter 5. So we just celebrated Christmas. Way! Did I hope Christmas was good for you? Christmas was right. Thank you, Paul. Anyone else like to answer that? It was all right. Okay. I know that for some people it was a difficult Christmas. We've prayed for some of them this morning, and uh, maybe it wasn't particularly good for you. But I hope that God was present for you. Sometimes you hear people say something like, we're pushing the boat out this Christmas. Ever heard anyone say that? I have. Yeah, we're pushing the boat out this Christmas. Maybe you would say that about the Christmas you've just had. Um, I looked up what the phrase pushing the boat out means, and apparently it means be lavish in one's spending or celebration. Be lavish in one's spending or celebration. So maybe there were lots of people who pushed the boat out this Christmas. I mean, the money people tell us that a lot of people spend the rest of the year paying off their credit card, don't they? Because maybe they pushed the boat out at Christmas. Here's a thought I had. Did God push the boat out at Christmas, do you think? Could, could Christmas be described as God being lavish in his spending? Well, maybe that thought leaves you a little uncomfortable. I'll leave you to think about that. But Paul, writing to the Christians in Ephesus, writes this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. Could the gift of a son born among us to be one of us and to live with us be described as a lavish gift? Maybe in truth God was pushing the boat out. Pushing the boat out can apparently also mean this. To put forth the utmost amount of effort and or resources towards some product or event. To put forth the utmost amount of effort and or resources towards some product or event. So I'm wondering if you take that way of expressing it, maybe it could be said that God was pushing the boat out that first Christmas. God, it seems, goes to extraordinary lengths to keep his dream alive. The dream that he can be known by us and we can be known by him. The dream that he can be found by us and we can be found by him. The dream that is for us to participate in who God is and what he does. God, it seems, goes to extraordinary lengths to show us what he is like through the event of his birth as a boy. And of course, the event of his birth is a story full of the most unlikely characters, isn't it? The unimportant get starring roles. Those on the edges find themselves at the centre of the action. It's the story of the unexpected. It's the story that turns the outside in and the world upside down. It's the story of a teenage mother and a fatherless child who are welcomed into the story. It's the story of the broken-hearted with shattered dreams welcomed 
into the story. It's the story in which a backwater town from nowhere special is welcomed into the story. It's the story in which the overlooked and excluded, those who are just trying to make ends meet, are welcomed into the story. It's the story in which hopeful travellers looking for answers are welcomed into the story. It's the story in which God goes to extraordinary lengths to show that there are in fact no outsiders in his story. It's his story, it's his story in which everyone is invited in. And everyone is welcomed into the story. Right from the off, the story of God's coming to us, that first Christmas tells us that God wants to welcome those on the outside and bring them into his story. Truth is, it actually began long before the birth of a baby in a stable in Bethlehem, didn't it? Centuries before, God chose the smallest, most insignificant people to be his people. God chose the smallest, most insignificant people to be his nation. God chose the smallest, most insignificant people as a way of saying, if these people are welcomed in, then no one need be on the outside. God chose the smallest, the most insignificant people to be a light to the Gentiles. God chose the smallest and most insignificant people not to be an exclusive club with privileges just for them. He chose them as a way of showing or saying it can be like this for everyone. This is God's way of saying, I think, this is how it can be for you if only you will come in. And God has so much he wants to lavish on those who choose to come in. Do you want a little theological tangent which you can go away and wrestle with? This has got to do with predestination for those of you who wrestle with these things. If you go away and read Ephesians chapter 1, which is where I read from beforehand, it talks about all this stuff God gives us and it talks about it being predestined. I think it means... And remember, I am a theologian of great repute. (laughs) I think it means, but I think predestination means, right? They're not God chose some people ahead of time and has got it all figured out and he leaves some out because he's chosen them and all the rest of it. I think it means it's predestined that the moment you decide to come in, God says, right, all of that stuff I've just talked about is yours. Go away and read Ephesians 1 and get really excited. And imagine Paul walking around his room with somebody over in the corner trying to write it down because Paul writes in really long sentences and speaks very fast, I'm guessing, of all the wonderful things that God gives you the moment you come in because it's all predestined to happen to you. Theological tangent over. Back to the script. It is all wonderfully true the moment you respond to the invitation to come in. And God wants to lavish his love upon his people. So God wanted it so much that in time he gave us this thing we now call Christmas. God said, I've got so much that I want to lavish on you that I will push the boat out 
And I'll come and I'll be with you and I'll show you how much you mean to me. God went to extraordinary lengths to show his people how much they mean to him. He pushed the boat out by choosing the smallest, the most insignificant people to be his people. He pushed the boat out in an incredible rescue from an Egyptian king. Remember that story? Whoa. He pushed the boat out in giving magnificent laws that would be the best way to live and still are the best way to live. He, gave, he pushed the boat out in his most excellent provision of, through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. He pushed the boat out, fulfilling the promise of land to live in. And he pushed the boat out most magnificently that first Christmas. And he does it because he is keeping his dream alive. The dream that those are on the outside can come in. The dream that everyone is welcomed. The dream that you would know that you are welcome. His dream that if you ever think you are on the outside, you will hear him inviting you in. And you know, friends, the truth is that as we gather for worship, maybe today some of us felt a bit on the outside. Maybe Christmas wasn't quite so good. It was really challenging. And as you came here today, there was all sorts of stuff going on in your heart and your mind. And, and God has been a bit of a struggle. And God simply wants to invite you in this morning. Bring it all with you. But come in. And that, it seems to me, is exactly what Jesus does when he lives among us. He invited those who thought they were on the outside to come in. I love the thought that when Jesus stands on a mountainside one day and starts speaking to the people, and he's got all the commoners in front of him, and all the Pharisees standing around the edge, here's what's going on. The people at the back think they're in. They know, and they know who's in, and they know who's out, and they make it very clear. Because all the people at the back are in, and all the people at the front are out. And Jesus says, hey guys, blessed are the poor. Hmm? Oh, Jesus is saying, you know you people who think you're out? Well, you can come in. And you know you guys at the back who think you're in? Actually, you're on the outside, but you can come in too. Let's just go over this one more time. If you've ever thought that you were on the outside, that you're on the edge of the action, or you're unimportant, or that you've been forgotten, Jesus invites you in. You are welcome. If you've ever felt like Mary, afraid of what is happening to you, or if you've ever felt like Joseph, you've had your heart broken and your dreams shattered, or if you ever felt a bit like one of the shepherds, you feel overlooked or excluded or you're just working hard to make ends meet. Or, and you might not use these words, but you feel a bit like one of the wise men, you are searching, you are looking for answers. Then Jesus invites you in. Because you are welcome. Maybe we just need to pause for a moment and let that sink in this morning you are welcome
I'm going to read from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Uh, Rabbis always sat down to teach. That's when Jesus goes up a mountainside, he sits down to teach. We stand up, they sat down. Just means he had something important to say. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that they left, their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners, and in the, in the other boat, they came to help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the cache of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats on the shore, left everything, and followed him. This is an extraordinary story, isn't it? And um, Jesus is doing what he does, right? He's telling the people that if they feel on the outside, they are welcomed in. That's teaching the word. He is inviting them to be part of the story that reverberates around the universe. He is telling them that God's desire is that he wants to lavish his love upon them. He is telling them that there is a bigger and a better story than the one they can see in front of them. And do you notice that in this story, Jesus literally pushes the boat out to talk to them. I'm wondering though if Jesus didn't push the boat out in another way too. This is an extraordinary story in many ways. Like after he finishes teaching the people, Jesus tells Simon the fisherman how to fish. Do you get that? Jesus the carpenter telling Peter the fisherman how to fish. Extraordinary. Simon does what Jesus tells him and catches a huge amount of fish. Here's a thought. Jesus meets Simon in his workplace and in his workplace, Simon takes Jesus at his word and something extraordinary happens. Simon recognises something in Jesus that causes him to worship there and then on the spot. Bang. Falls at his feet. Jesus then, perhaps metaphorically, pushes the boat out again. Simon, he says, you're going to fish for men and women from now on. What Jesus does in these words is, I think, extraordinary. Jesus invites Simon and the others to do what Jesus himself is doing. Jesus invites Simon and the others to be part of the bigger and the better story than the one they can see in front of them. 
Jesus says, Simon, guys, I want you, yes you, to tell people that my Father longs to lavish his love on them. And I invite you to welcome those who think they are on the outside. Welcome them in. I invite you to join me in bringing those on the outside in. Jesus invites Simon and the others, and I I love this phrase, to participate with him in keeping the dream alive. Wow. And Simon and the others say, Yes! We're in. Their lives will never be the same again. In fact, their lives will be turned upside down. In fact, so much so that you notice they pull up their boats and they leave them on the shore and they follow Jesus. That is literally saying that at that moment in time, they leave everything that is their security to be part of this bigger and better story. And here's something I never noticed, never even thought about, until somebody came to me between the services and said to me, Ian, what happened to the fish? I thought they were trying to be clever. And I'm going, what? And then I thought, oh yeah, they just caught this massive catch of fish. And it would appear at any rate that they left it all behind. Now, I don't want to read into the text something that isn't there, but there might be something in the, what do we do all the stuff that God has blessed us with that we hold on to so tightly? And right in this moment, they've never caught so many fish and they leave it behind. What were they thinking? Well, what they were thinking is, yes, to being part of God's bigger and better story and joining with him and inviting those who are on the outside in. What could be better? And now I'm just going way off track. But it might might just be true, friends. Jesus came to say that with God, there are no outsiders. Everyone is invited in. Philip Yancey writing about Jesus says, people who meet Jesus never stay the same. And those who took up the invitation to come in have their lives turned upside down. Now I might have just made a complete mess of the first talk in a new series called Outside In and Upside Down. I know what I think I'm trying to do. Maybe you've got to take it away and see if you can figure it out. It's a series that's going to be based in Luke's Gospel. And it's a series that's leading towards an Alpha course that's going to start in April. In this series, we will meet people who met Jesus. We're not going to do the whole of Luke's Gospel. You might have noticed we started in chapter 5. That's because a lot of the stuff beforehand we just did. It's Christmas, remember? In fact, if you want the theological truth here, I was going to do it in Mark's Gospel. But because I'm such a theologian, I looked at all the dates and realised that Easter's quite early in April and Mark doesn't have anything after the Easter story. So after Easter, there wouldn't be anything to do. So I chose to do it in Luke's Gospel, which has some really lovely stuff that comes after the Easter story. There you go. That's how theological I am. But we're going to go through Luke and pick out some people that Jesus met. And we'll see how Jesus invited those on the outside to come in and how lives have been turned upside down. 
And what I hope with all my heart I've done today is this, is simply to remind you that you are welcome in God's bigger and better story. You are welcome. And that God pushed the boat out for you and that he longs to lavish his love upon you. And Jesus says again today to you, whatever is going on for you, come in. Come in. You don't have to be on the outside. And the invitation that Jesus extended to Simon and the others, he extends to you and me now in these moments. Join with me. Come join me in the bigger and the better story. I'm wondering if God might say to you and me today, why don't you try, why don't you try pushing the boat out? I'm wondering if God might say to you and me today, I'm inviting you to come do some fishing with me. In your workplace. In your home. Down your road. In all the places that you go. And I'm wondering if God might say to you and me, Go tell the people that there are no outsiders in the bigger and the better story of God's lavish love. And I'm wondering if God might say to you and me, please invite your friend or your colleague or your family member or your neighbour or your housemate or your acquaintance to that thing we've called Alpha. Pushing the boat out means to put forth the utmost amount of effort and or resources to some product or event. And as I reflect on the Christmas story and all that led to it, I can't help thinking that God was pushing the boat out to draw me in. So I find myself wondering how I might respond to the invitation to join with him and for me to push the boat out and go do a little bit of fishing. And I'm wondering how you might respond. On my order of service now, we're going to sing a couple of songs. But I've got down here Intercession Part 2. On the table here, there are some pieces of paper with a picture of a cross or an outline of a cross on it and a box and a few words. The words I've taken from a picture that I have on the window ledge in my office, which is a picture of some old wooden church doors open. And underneath is written, Here, teach me what I am. Here, teach me what I am. I love those words. So I've put them on the bottom of a piece of paper. And it may be, it may be, that what you could do as we worship as a response 
is to write some names on a piece of paper of people that right now, as far as you know, are on the outside, but whom God wants to welcome in. People who you maybe are already praying for, already in contact with, but who you might be able at some point maybe to say, hey, do you know what? We're doing this thing called an Alpha course. Why don't you come along and find out what it's all about? Now, here's the thing, folks. I recognize that you don't have to come to an Alpha course to find God. I get that. understand that. But it is also true to say that lots of people who have gone to an Alpha course have found God. Chris Young is going to be leading the team. Um, A few people, you might even have been contacted by Chris. He's really keen. Keeps coming up to with new things. He's going to draw a team together. We're going to start Alpha course in April. We've done it lots of times in the past. We haven't done it for a little while. But what we really want is for this to be the whole church community together doing a bit of fishing for the kingdom of the heavens. And maybe today, just writing a name or two names or three names, whatever it is, on a piece of paper is is a bit bit like putting down a marker for you. I I didn't do it in worship, I did it between services. So my bit of paper's in there with the three names I've written on. Now that's a challenge to me because i now got to do something about it. And maybe they'll come and maybe they won't. But I really want to do a bit of fishing. And I said this in the first service without really realising what I was saying. <clears throat> but what I want, what I really, really want, and I'm not going to sing it so don't worry. <laughs> what I really want is to see people coming from the outside in. Isn't that what you want? So maybe we're just taking a step in that direction this morning. Now, obviously, you don't have to pick up a piece of paper to do that. You don't have to write names in it. There's a little basket here on the table. I put it there because I love the thought of bringing it to the cross. And if that works for you, great. If it doesn't, find your own way of doing it. It may be that um, there are people in, in your heart and your mind this morning who, who, who do know God, but for whom are having a really tough time. And actually what you would like to do this morning is to write their name on a piece of paper and just ask God to say, just remind them that they're welcome in. Just remind them they don't have to stand on the outside. That in even all those circumstances we read in that Christmas story, actually they're still welcome in the story of God. If you want to take that piece of paper home, because by Tuesday you won't remember like me what names you wrote on it, and you'll have to go find it. Do that. So as we sing some songs that are about the glorious gospel and the bigger and the better story of which we are part, why don't you make your response this morning?